Charlotte. And I'm Helly, and welcome to 20s Are Hard, our fortnightly podcast about surviving your 20s. So, how have you been? I feel like we've both actually had quite exciting couple of weeks, which is, it's going to make us sound so much more glamorous than we really are. Oh, it is, definitely. I went off to Riga for the weekend, uh, a couple of weekends ago, and then this weekend, just gone, I was in Stockholm. So I've had two crazy, crazy weekends um, of cramming in as much as possible. Um, visiting a new city, which has been really nice. Oh, I had actually been to Stockholm before, but this is the first time in five years. So both trips were really nice. They were really different. Um, Amazing. Just trying to squeeze in as much as possible. Um, but they didn't go to plan, so I wouldn't say they were glamorous because <laughs> my flight to Riga got so badly delayed that I couldn't get the bus from the airport no. when I arrived in Riga. <laughs> um, I missed the last bus, so I couldn't get to the city, and I really didn't want to take a cab by myself yeah, at no. two in the morning. So I uh, I slept in Riga Airport oh um, and took the first bus at like 6am or whenever it was and just went straight out and started photographing. <laughs> and so that was not quite so glamorous. And then... Um, okay, that's, that sounds super, yeah. super fun. Stockholm um, how, was the same. <laughs> how was the rest of Riga though, other than the sleeping in the airport situation? Oh no, it was gorgeous. It was a really, really beautiful city. Definitely would recommend it for a weekend break. There's there's enough to do in a weekend, mm. but you wouldn't want to stay longer than maybe three days. Okay. Like, if you're going to see museums and stuff like that. Um, I'd love to see the rest of Latvia. But um, as, as a city break, it's a really good place. Really colourful. So cheap. It cost me eight euros a night for my hostel. Whoa, that is really good. Yeah, it's really, really good. Had some amazing food there as well. The food was really nice. People were really friendly and I felt really safe. So it was a nice... That's nice. Nice trip to do. How was Stockholm? Yeah. Because like you said, you've been there before, but did you find it was better going back for a second time? Definitely. I mean, because I've always loved Stockholm. I've always had really fond memories of it from when I was there the first time. But I spent a week there the first time. Um, and this time it was literally 36 hours, which was absolutely knackering. God, that is quick. This was my first time going back with my camera. Of course, I, yeah. I, because before I wasn't really into the whole photography thing. Um, so that was actually really interesting and whizzed around, saw loads of different parts of the city. Um my God, both places had the best libraries I've ever... I saw these on your stories and I did think they're like helly heaven. Oh my God, I was absolutely blown away by them. I feel like we don't have... Well, no, we do have nice libraries in the UK, but just... Like, you don't have, you didn't need to pay to go into them or anything like that. And, oh, mm. they were gorgeous. But Stockholm is a lot more expensive. Of course. Um, I think I spent more in the 36 hours than I did in a full weekend in Riga. Ouch. But... That's fine. Anyway, what about you? What have you been up to on adventures? So I've gone international as well. Um, <laughs> last week I went to Prague for my boyfriend's graduation ceremony because he studied there. Um, so he graduated from med school, which is why we went out there. But then we kind of extended the trip. So I went out on the Tuesday evening and we flew back Saturday. So we had a couple of days in the city as well. That's nice. Um, yeah. yeah, it was really nice. We went out with his whole family and it was just a, it was just a really nice few days. Um we they his family hadn't really been there before some of them had some hadn't so we um we had the ceremony on the thursday had a chilled day wednesday then friday we basically packed in every tourist spot that is in the city similarly to what you said with riga like i feel like prague is great for a weekend yeah um like we got everything in ate in some great places Went to the cinema a couple of times. I went to the cinema twice, um, largely because it's just so cheap there. All the films are in, well, all the films are in English. <clears throat> oh, so that, oh, that's so much easier. Yeah, you yeah. Might as well. Well, exactly. And then they've got Czech subtitles, so it, like, it's it's absolutely fine. Um, so we the first night we saw the Fantastic Beasts: Crimes of Grindelwald. 
I hadn't seen the first Fantastic Beasts film, but it all made sense to me. And it was just Harry Pottery and cozy. I really want to see it, yeah. I want to go back and watch the first one now. Um, and I'm excited for the rest of them. It was it was actually so much better than I expected. Was it? Oh, yeah. no, I've been, I've been toying with seeing it, so I might actually Also, it. weirdly, um, Eddie Redmayne's brother in it is like the identical image to your brother. My brother. It's so oh my God. weird. Like I'm gonna show you. Right, I'm gonna show you a picture now. But then we went to see a Star Is Born as well, and that was just a, an emotional wreck of a roller coaster. I just. It was a phenomenal film. Um, I think Bradley Cooper and Lady Gaga were absolutely incredible, and I can completely see why they're up for Academy nominations and all that kind of thing. It is not a light movie. It was, considering we saw Fantastic Beasts the night before. You needed to have done it the other way around. Oh, God. I literally, I can't not recommend it, but I also don't know if I can recommend it. I'd, I'd love to speak to someone who's also seen it because I don't want to say anything to ruin it for people who want to see it. To be fair, I don't know anyone else that's seen it. I so. just, yeah, this is literally where I've been for a week. So um, songs are amazing. Bradley Cooper can sing. I don't really put him down as a singer, but... He can... Have you listened to any of the songs in the movie? No, I've not heard any. Here's... I'll play you one in a minute. Okay. Here's, um... Oh, no, I've heard that one that's in the charts at the moment. They've they've played on the radio a few times. Uh, yeah. That one? Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. The funny thing is, I know exactly what you mean, because sometimes on my little drive to work, I'm just, like, I sing along to it so loudly in the car. It was oh, but you need to see the bit in the film where they come up with that song. It's gorgeous. But um, anyway, saw a star is born. Feel very emotionally scarred from the whole situation. Um, and then that was our last night there, so we didn't make it a three movie at the cinema situation. But yeah, Prague was brilliant. And then what else have I been up to? I mean, I think that's probably enough for a fortnight, isn't it? I won a netball match again. That was fun. Oh, yeah, you did. You did really yeah. well. Congratulations. Yeah, that was fun. But yeah, so should we go on to our recommendations for this week? Yeah, I've been a real rubbish, culturally aware person this week. I've either been <laughs> crying under the mounds of boring, I say boring because I just don't want to hear any more of it, Brexit news, because I'm so uh. done with that. Um, so I've actually kind of just steered away from yeah, I news kind and of, stuff this week. I kind of can't right now. <laughs> and I'm just, I've just got some like warm and fuzzy recommendations I think instead. we need more warm and fuzzy. I really do. My first recommendation is I've heard so many people recommend um, this Yorkshire tea. It's called Biscuits and Brew. Or Brew and Biscuits? Biscuit Brew. Biscuit Brew. Yeah, it's future. It's Biscuit Brew. I've heard so many people recommend Yorkshire <laughs> tea Biscuit Brew. It smells... Um, not taste as much, but no, it smells it a lot like um like you're dipping rich tea biscuits mm. in a cup of tea. And I know that thought really grosses out a lot of people, but Does it? Oh, it's my favourite thing okay. to do. Okay, so I was dunking biscuits at work the other day. I'm not a massive dunker, I but can't I do imagine like you are. see, I love a good dip. It really <laughs> like I feel like you wouldn't like dunking biscuits. Honest to God, this is I miss my granddad dearly, and one of the main things he ever taught me was the ideal dunking time for a biscuit. What is it? Doesn't it vary on the biscuit? Exactly. This is exactly it. He educated me so well on like the density of a biscuit, the build of a biscuit, what it's what its contents is, if it's got chocolate on it, how long you dunk for. That is amazing. And um if my mum listens to this, like I mean I've I've said this so many times over the years, (laughs) like granddad's legacy in my biscuit dunking skills. That's the whole reason I have a cup of tea. So soothing. I just, I love the smell and the taste and I'm getting way too deep into the technicalities of Dunkin' Biscuits. No, I right love now. it. A but rich tea is the ultimate Dunkin' Biscuit, I think. See, I, 
after this, yeah. I'm gonna. I don't know if you've ever dunked chocolate malted milks. No, but malted milk is one of my favourite biscuits. Okay, so malted. I buy the co-op home ones. They're like thirty-five p for a yeah. pack, and I dunk them in tea. And honest to God, is the happiest experience often of my day. I'm not afraid to say that. <laughs> See, my thing is I can't buy biscuits because if I do, then I make a cup of tea and I will just sit there repeatedly dunking. Oh, yeah. I go through about a third of the pack every time. The best thing about my gluten-free biscuits is they come in packs of two. So you have, like, they're pre-wrapped, which bad for the environment, I know, but... Then you feel guilty if you're going through... Well, exactly. I've got to make them last, but I can only have two, so I'm limited. But if I have, like, a pack of rich tea, Mm. that's it. Done. Well, I feel like Yorkshire Tea Biscuit Brew combines a lot of very comforting sensations yeah it's very cosy yeah that warm the warming comforting britishness of a tea with a good biscuit to dunk Mm. so anyway that's my recommendation if you're looking for a cosy new bev for the winter months (laughs) don't know why i called it a bev cosy new bev a cosy new beverage oh my god you heard it here first guys Anyway, um, moving swiftly on, uh, what recommendations do you have this week? So I'm going to start with my product recommendation because I also have another one. Um, And it is not a new product. It's nothing particularly glamorous, but it's something that I've started using again recently and I've just completely fallen back in love with. And it is the Clinique Take the Day Off Balm. Oh, I love that. I use that. Absolutely. I've lost count of the number of pots of it that I have bought over the years. But I always, always go back to it. And when I don't have it, I'm like, oh, it's fine. I don't, you know, I can use something else. I get it back in my life. And I'm like, what? why did I ever, ever sway? Also, don't you find it so satisfying when when, when you first rubbed it in and then you wash it off and you watch all of your makeup oh, go I down in it. the water? It just takes everything off so well. I do take my make- eye makeup off, uh, makeup off with some micellar water first because I hate the feeling of rubbing mascara into my eyes. But it just removes everything so gorgeously. It leaves my skin feeling soft. It's probably more than a lot of people would spend on a cleanser, but you get a huge tub and it's so worth it because it because it turns into an oil, it lasts for ages. Yeah, you need the tiniest bit and I use it, I believe the RRP is £22. How many times I've wrote, written about this product over the however many years? That, is, I know the RRP. It is £22. Um, but, you know, like department stores are always doing beauty offers where you save 10 or 15%, so just keep an eye out, sign up to someone, get the email alerts. You can save a couple of quid. It just, it lasts me for at least three months, normally four. And I use it every single day. I'd say mine lasts longer than that. And I use, I use it every evening. That's impressive. I think I'm probably a little bit too generous with mine. I I, I mean, because I don't wear a lot of like foundation or anything. So I I mostly use it actually just to take off my eye makeup. Yeah. Um, Obviously I put it all over my whole face, but I don't need too much. That's my, that's my first recommendation of the week. What's your other recommendation? Um, my other one is because I'm reluctantly back in jeans now the weather is significantly cooler. I feel like I never left them. They are my safe space. (laughs) (laughs) My jeans are my comfort zone. No, it's in the summer. I just absolutely have to make the most of, even if it's like culottes. I actually bought jean culottes because I didn't want to wear. I love your denim culottes. I do like a pair of denim culottes. They look very cool. But no, I just, I'm back in the jeans and I... I ripped a pair of jeans. <laughs> Sorry, I'm not was... laughing at you, but it happens to all of us. I didn't do it in public, fortunately, which was quite good. That is fortunate. But um, I just went and picked up a cheap pair of dark blue jeans from Primark. And they've got these new ones called, they're called body sculpting jeans. Are these the ones you were wearing when we went away for the weekend? And yeah. I was like, what are these jeans? Yes. And... Oh, I need a pair of these. They are £13. Bargain. 
really, really nice fit. And I'm not, a lot of people have complimented me on my bum in them. I do not have... Yeah, that's what made me wonder what jeans you're wearing. Yeah, I do not, I would not say I have a particularly spectacular bum. My bum is... You have a half decent bum. I mean, mean, half decent, thank you. (laughs) You know what I I mean. I appreciate that. Um, People have commented on my bum in these jeans. I think that's why I asked you about the jeans, isn't it? And and I just can't recommend it enough. I mean, I don't know how long they're going to last for, but I've had them for... Just over two months now, still going strong. In they fit fairness, nice. My Primark jeans tend to last me quite a while, and they come in different leg lengths. Do these come in very these, leg lengths? They come. They these, get thirty-two and a thirty-four. These are a thirty-four, so they makes, do the extra leg length as it well. It makes such a difference because otherwise they're just they look daft on you if you've got long legs. No, I totally recommend. Fits really well, looks really good, and they do a whole range of leg lengths. Did so. you get your normal size or did you size down? Because I find sometimes I have to size down in Primark. I always size down in Primark. Just because I find the sizing a bit dodgy, but also I know that they will stretch a little yeah, bit. Yeah, you want to be like, new jeans. But, well, these ones do that for me. So, Amazing. yeah, def- for 13 quid, really, you can't go wrong. But yeah, did you have another recommendation? I did. So my second recommendation is a newsletter that I recently subscribed to, and it's called The Good Trade. And The Good Trade is a company that's based in LA. Really, really cool concept. Their Instagram page is gorgeous. And I found them on Instagram. I think it was a stories ad. Um, and it came up and I clicked the link and put in my email address, which is not something I would ever usually do. Yeah. Don't quite know why I did it, but it seems to have worked out for me because I got the first newsletter today and I really, really enjoyed it. And I actually read the whole thing and there are very few newsletters that I read the whole thing of. That's really good. I'm normally like a 50, 60% kind of gal, then I move on. But this one's really, really cool. And you get like a little bit of positivity at the top. I thought this was completely relevant to my life right now. Um, I'll read the one from today. It says, doing work we hate assaults our self-confidence and undermines our spiritual well-being. There are jobs I wish I would have left sooner because they did not ignite my purpose or align with my values. Nothing is more fulfilling than a meaningful job well done. And that's written by Amy Ann Cadwell, who is the co-founder of The Good Trade. Um, But it's just got loads of other really cool things in here. So it had like a recommendation for a video to watch um, and like a Instagram account to follow which is like an interiors one and then my favourite one that came out of this is a company called Matinat as in M-A-T-T and N-A-T okay um I have been thinking for a while and this is a whole debate throughout the day so I'm not going to get into it in detail now but I've been thinking about moving away from buying leather goods and I want a good alternative yeah um, a good quality alternative that's a bit more environmentally sustainable and just a little bit more you know, environmentally conscious. Yeah, no, definitely. But I've struggled. I mean, in fairness, I haven't looked that hard yet. But I was struggling to find a good brand. I couldn't think of one. Matinat could be the answer to all my questions. Yeah. They're quite a... Um, they're not... Ex- like, I don't think you'd pay more for their products than you'd pay for other leather goods of a similar quality, if that makes sense. Like, they're not cheap, but they're not extortionate. Yeah. But it was just a really cool recommendation that was thrown inside the newsletter. And then they had some, like, articles to read. And then you can go through to their website and see all their other things but it's just a really cool concept um it seems like a really positive like positive little message to get into your inbox yeah it's really nice and it's just like sophisticated newsletter if that makes sense like it's giving you stuff that you would genuinely be interested in and not just like 
random crap that you know regurgitating stuff they've already done but their instagram page is so cool and on all their stories they have links to different articles and it's like like all these kind of like really different articles you're like that's really useful and something i'd want to read so it's really interesting i really recommend and i recommend I'm gonna to give, this i will i'm gonna give them a follow and also sign up yeah. to it as well like really interesting and just inspiring articles and there's a real focus on um ethical brands and sustainability and all that kind of thing as well that's so nice okay so with that let's move on to this week's topic this week we're going to be discussing all about um finding your dream career and what happens if you maybe pursue what you think is your dream career and in reality isn't quite so great we've discussed previously how we both left uni with a really clear idea of what we wanted to be doing but it didn't quite go as straightforward into plan as we'd hoped yeah I think I mean as you said we've we've covered that previously but we had very high expectations of not only the career path that we wanted to pursue but also that it was going to be easy and straightforward and we were mm-hmm. going to interview for maybe a handful of jobs and something was going to come up and as you know we all wanted to move we both wanted to move to London <laughs> and live that life um but I think the reality of that is I mean I applied for over 50 jobs in publishing um and I always knew that it was going to be hard work um just because it is such a competitive industry but even I was I was so unprepared for the amount of time an effort yeah and not not even just those practicalities but also what a, like what a toll that it took on me because I mean you're being consistently either rejected or what I think is actually even worse is you just never hear anything back yeah. which I know is very common these days to just not hear anything and assume you've been unsuccessful after two weeks that it's, was what most of my yeah. jobs were like but yeah it's still crap though that consistent not hearing back and putting yourself out there and putting so much time and effort into it and then not even getting feedback like how, I feel like you were really good at sticking with that how did you stay motivated when you just weren't hearing back and not getting any feedback uh, I mean I'm not gonna lie it was really really tough I spent months applying for job roles and mm. it does take its toll and I in mental health wise I did actually really suffer with it because you're you're being consistently rejected which is doesn't feel good to anyone it and all all I thought was that I know this is what I want to go into and it wasn't even that I had I had a lot of leeway in that I didn't know what area of publishing I wanted there was a lot of areas I was really interested in and I knew that once I was in it was going to be easier for me to move around so I was just a case of I need to get my foot in the door and get that first role so I think that's how I stayed motivated because I just thought like the end goal is just to get this job because from there I can I can move on and I can go into so much more and I think I think I mentioned it in an episode before I made a tracker so I could keep on top of absolutely everything that I was applying for if I was hearing back from it if I got any feedback which was not very common but um it was it sounds so cliche but it's honestly just keeping sight of your dream I think that's I've for so many years I'd had it in my head that that was what I wanted to do and I just knew I had to keep slogging at it I guess as well just what you were saying there about not being too precious almost about the area of the industry you wanted to go into and more being like I know I want to go into publishing what are my options within it as opposed to I have to go into editorial or I have to go into sales it gave you a bit more flexibility in terms of what you wanted to do whereas 
I feel I had a really precise idea of what I wanted to do. Like I knew I wanted to go into PR. I knew which area of PR I wanted to go into. And then I had the opposite thing. I was quite fortunate. I managed to eventually, after all my internships, like I, I had to apply for a long time and I was in another role that wasn't relevant prior to that, um, kind of like paying the bills it were. But I, I did get a job within the industry I wanted to get into relatively quickly, like within a, within about a, no, less than a year of graduating, which I think is probably quite common if you, yeah. you know, if you're not in a position to be working for free and you have to move home, etc. But then I had the other side of this where I got my dream job I had it and actually it wasn't my dream job at all and I'd been so focused on what I wanted to do I'd been so narrow-minded with what I'd wanted to do I hadn't really allowed myself to think whether or not I would really enjoy it and so I then had to deal with the fact that I was in a job that I was actually if I'm honest like if I'm being really honest I was really really unhappy and I ended up quitting yeah I think but I mean how did you deal with that, though, in terms of having to acknowledge that this dream you'd had for so long actually wasn't right for you? It was really tough, if I'm honest, because I am someone who is very career driven. I think that's something we both have in common. And I had been dreaming about doing this job and working so, so hard for so long to get there. that then when I got there and it wasn't everything I wanted, it took me several months to really accept the fact that actually this isn't right and then from there it was so daunting because you think I've worked so hard to get into this area I want to be in and actually it's not right what the hell am I meant to do like how can I trust my own judgment how do I know what I'm meant to be doing I don't have experience to do anything else and that was really really tough yeah I mean I remember that just having that fear anyway like what if I've put all these months of work into applying for jobs that I think are perfect for me I think it's a totally legitimate fear so I can imagine that's actually a really horrible feeling to go through suddenly realizing that all the concerns and worries you had like are right because you're not happy in a role and I think it was really fed into by the fact that I because I kind of didn't entrust my own judgment with these things I was going to a lot of other people to ask for that advice and people my own age are in similar situations to me and the older generation of people I was going to like my parents and like parents of like friends and stuff they're all part of a generation where it's a lot more common to come out of uni or to leave school get a job and be in a career for life that was like the standard thing that everyone would do and actually that really isn't as common anymore it's a real outdated model now to expect someone to stay I mean it was it was great and it was all about loyalty and staying with a company but it's it's actually not a realistic career model to follow now no and I think we've got so many more opportunities yet that stereotype still exists so when I was saying to people I'm really miserable I don't know what to do for a long time people like well you should just stick it out and like maybe like just work really hard to get a promotion or you know don't don't quit your job like the over over the overriding advice I received was do not quit your job without having something else lined up but I reached a point where I was so unhappy I was like essentially like just fuck this like I'm gonna be okay one of our friends actually said to me Charlotte you're not going to be unemployed for the rest of your life and that to me was a light bulb moment and I was just like yep I did it but that, that in itself was really hard because yes portfolio careers are more common and it's more common to jump around industries but where a lot of the people around you haven't actually done it that's really daunting I think that's the thing because you did it like I mean in the grand scheme of your career you did it very early on yeah but for your own health your own health and well-being at, at the end of the day you come first and if you are actually that unhappy and it's having such an impact on you in a role 
what don't stay in it no. that, and I think that's something that really really it, it's an issue because most of the generations above us are enforcing that one career path type role but actually what needs to be said to people in their 20s is that it's okay to quit yeah I think I think there's two things there firstly I I need to acknowledge that, that I was in a privileged position whereby I'd been in a job where I could pay my overdraft off. So therefore, when I quit my job, I had a, I wasn't in debt. I wasn't owing money. I did have a little bit of money saved. So I And I was living at home, so I wasn't paying rent at this point. So I was able to, um, to take that step and to take a few weeks to work everything out without having something else lined up. So I think that's a really important thing oh, to yeah. know. I was in a very fortunate position there. But yeah, I also think it is okay to quit. Like, you know, nowadays there are so many more jobs in terms of variety of things you can do. So we need to be a bit more open to the idea of having a wider, like a wider variety of things we could do. Because yeah. a lot of the jobs I've done didn't exist five or ten years ago. Yeah, and it's it's no longer frowned upon or looked down on to have several different jobs on your yeah. CV. I mean, I, th- I think it's, I don't know, if I looked at a CV and they'd, job hopped around every couple of months obviously yes that doesn't look yeah great. that's not great but if you can come to a company and you've had a year here or a, and then a year doing something else and now you're looking to bring those skills from both of those roles into this new job I think that's really beneficial because yeah I think different outlooks are actually what companies are looking for now and as much as as much as it is so difficult to ascertain your career path in your 20s I definitely don't think there's anything wrong with trying things out figuring out what's right for you even if that does mean you have to quit a couple of jobs because then you're going to be a lot more well I think you you're more well-rounded and you yeah, can bring a lot more to the I table agree. and it's how you spin it like I've found that it isn't if someone goes well you've gone from like a career working for like um children's services to then PR and then like for a retailer and head office like that's all very varied experience yes it is but it's how you then spin it and say it's very varied experience but these are the common themes throughout all of these experiences yeah, I think that's really important. this is what I can bring from each role really valuable experience and bring it together I think you know you can't don't weigh yourself down with a stereotype that's outdated of one career for life I mean if you have a career for life brilliant and, and a plenty, lot of a lot of vocational lo- careers that yeah. is the case and that's fine but I don't think you should give yourself such a hard time if it takes you a little bit longer to take note of all the opportunities that are out there now. Yeah, and I mean, we were actually saying earlier, there's jobs like digital marketing or social media manager that were not jobs that even existed five years ago. And I mean, marketing is such a huge thing now. I mean, it's been around obviously for, for years, but it's such a key part of the job market now. There are new jobs coming up all the time. And you just have to, it is difficult, but you have to keep your eye out and really look at what those skills are in these new and upcoming jobs because it may be that there's one that's right for you and you just don't know it yet. Yeah, exactly. Which I mean is no, I know it's easier said than done. Like, oh yeah, there's something that's going to come up, but you don't know what it is yet. But So I think what would be really nice to do is share some of like our top tips for maybe finding your dream career, working out what that job is and kind of how to stay at it so if you had to share some of your top tips that what would what would yours be oh I think this will be speaking from my experience but I think if there's a very well established industry for what you want to go into using social media is Mm, really key that's a good one because there's a very big um publishing community on twitter 
And I really tapped into that when I was job hunting it. And that was everything from, I would say, make sure you keep up to date with the industry and industry news. So I was constantly looking on uh, on the bookseller or book brunch or anything that would give me information. But also, I mean, Twitter is, it makes, it makes so many people much easier to access. So yeah. I would reach out to people who had just got entry-level roles in publishing or other people that were trying to get into publishing or even people who already worked at publishing houses and asked them for for tips or I would tweet the publishing house and say, I don't know, who can I address my letter to? Things like that. There's Social media allows you to connect with so many more people. So I think yeah. you should really use that. Definitely, because I always think if someone were to contact me on like LinkedIn or Twitter and go, you're in a role that I would really like, How did like? can you give any tips? I'd be more than happy to share that. And I think actually yeah. most people are. So I think that's a really good point. Like stay up to date with your industry, but also use social media and all the new tools we have to make the most of it. Yeah. Um, do you have any other tips? Related, but there's a lot of industries that have industry-specific websites advertising the jobs. Oh, okay, that's quite cool. Um, and I think if you can find one of those for your industry, that's really useful because it, I mean, there's so many job websites out there. It really helps you to narrow down what you're looking for and to, but also to see the range of jobs available in that industry. Yeah, that's true. Actually, I actually know I did, I used quite a few of these. So I used Drapers and I used Business of Fashion oh, a okay. lot. Because they yeah. have job sections to their sites. And then that way you see things pop up in your industry that you didn't even know were a part of it in yeah. the first place. Yeah, exactly. It has everything from PR, marketing, to merchandising, to buying, to yeah. like product design. And I imagine it's really similar like the publishing God, equivalents. And yeah. like, I mean, that's what almost... that's I, I would have never considered going into sales or production or rights until I saw more of those jobs popping up. Yeah. And I thought, actually, these all sound really interesting. But uh, what about you? What what recommendations or tips would you give? Well, I think that actually reads, leads really nicely onto my first tip, which is to be really, really open-minded. I think part of the reason I was so disappointed when I realised that I hadn't really chosen a career that was right for me is that I'd had such tunnel vision. Yeah. And the second I was like, this isn't right, and I just stripped it all the way back and went, okay, there's every single job in the world. Let's not be narrow-minded about this. Let's let look at everything. I was able to think about things differently and things I'd previously been like, oh no I'd find that boring or I wouldn't be good at that I was like okay well actually let's look at the job description and even if the role ends up not being right for me what within this job role a would I be good at and b would I enjoy yeah and then go back from there and that led me into what I do now and it led me into looking for really different kinds of roles and it showed me roles that I didn't know existed and I think it's really important to remember like we said earlier new roles are constantly emerging. Yeah. So it's a really great way. Like a lot of people didn't have like CRM and email marketing a few years ago. Now you have entire departments for that kind of thing. Yeah. And it's always evolving. You've just got to keep really open-minded. And um, when I actually, when I started my current job, I had a chat with one of the, like our leadership team. And he's like, what, like, where do you want to be in five years time? And I was like, if I'm really honest, I don't know because a lot of the jobs I've done previously haven't existed before. So yeah. yes, I want to like continue on this career path now, but I'm completely open to the fact that in a few years' time, I might be doing a job that doesn't exist. Yeah, yeah, I think that's that's really interesting, actually. Um, do you have any other tips? Yes, the other thing I would say, and I think this um, is a really good point on like self awareness, is being really quite um, I don't want to say critical, but very I guess very aware of the things that you are good at and the things that you enjoy, because there are a lot of things I really really enjoy. Like, I love content creation, I love shooting imagery, but actually, a lot of my skills lie in a more data analytical 
logistical side of things. Yeah. So it's actually finding a role that marries those two up. Yeah. I'm good at content creation, but if I only did that, I would be completely neglecting a whole other skill set I have and mm-hmm. vice versa. Yeah. So I think you need to sit down and say, this is what I'm good at. This is what I like. How can I make these two marry up? And also saying, okay, I like doing this, but am I good enough at it to do it full time? Like I'm quite creative, but I, I'm not creative enough, I don't think, to be sitting there like churning out article after article after article, yeah. photo after photo after photo for someone else all the time. I have to really be in the mood to write something or yeah. really do a big shoot of photos. So I, yeah. I, I'm i the same. Like I couldn't do a job where I have to be in the mood to do something creative yeah, because exactly. that's not a... Like If that's an element of my job, then brilliant. And that's something I then really enjoy and I can dedicate that time to and I can really thrive in it. And similarly, if my job was only analytical, I'd be bored out of my mind and I'd be like, nope, I'm, I don't want to do it. Yeah. So it's really finding how you can marry that up and having being able to take a step back from yourself and saying, these are my skills, this is what I love, yeah. what is out there based on that. I think that's probably a really important point for in general, considering your career in your 20s, because you do need to be quite self-aware. Mm, and I think, I think that's really helpful because it's so easy to come out of uni and in a blind panic apply for as much as you possibly can because you're like, oh my God, this is what I'm supposed to do now and I'm supposed to get a job and I'm supposed to stick at it for life. If you can just take a few, uh, like, I don't know, days, weeks to really think about where your skills lie and what you're going to be happy doing, then that's going to allow you to hone what you're applying for. Yeah, I completely so agree much because otherwise you are literally going to exhaust yourself and spread yourself too thinly applying for. I mean, especially people like us with a very general <laughs> yeah, degree. Yeah, it makes it a lot harder in a lot of ways. And you're like, oh well, I could I could go and work in local council. Oh, but I could work in publishing. Oh, but I could go and work in retail. Like, yes, you could go and work in all of those things. Would you enjoy all of those things? Yeah. And would you be able to apply your skills to them? Also, you've got to remember, when you're applying for different jobs, like it's so important. I think we'll probably touch on this kind of thing in another episode, but it's really important to tailor your like cover letter and your CV to what you're applying to. Yeah. So if you're only applying for like digital marketing roles, you still have to put in a lot of legwork to make sure it's still relevant to that exact jobs, um, job description and that exact company you're going for. That in itself takes time. If you're then switching from different industries and you go from like digital marketing to like I don't know merchandising across to like publishing you're tailoring things so differently you're putting your energy in the wrong places yeah yeah definitely I really agree but I think that wraps it really nicely up for this week and kind of our chat about our first chat about careers because I think it's something we're going to discuss a lot more we have a lot to say on this but starting off with kind of like finding your dream career seemed like a really great place yeah and there's a a lot of topics and a lot of things that we've discussed in the past that we think would be really nice to bring to the table and discuss a bit more so if if there is anything um, career specific that you would like us to cover or discuss or any questions you might have please feel free to shoot them over to us. You can contact us on at 20s are hard on Instagram. Or 20s are hard at gmail.com. I would love to hear your stories as well as of not necessarily finding your dream career straight out of uni or straight from school. Maybe you didn't go to uni. Yeah. And actually that was something really difficult because everyone else had gone off to uni and you were looking at the job market and you didn't really maybe have anyone else yeah, around you doing so the same true. thing. Like, I think we've really thought about this from a uni- post-uni perspective but there's a whole other side to it so I think it'd be really great to hear your experiences and um just share them really because I think that's the like the whole point of this for us was to we were having these conversations and made it feel like we were less alone 
So let's continue that so everyone feels like they're a bit less alone yeah, in it. Definitely. But yeah, that's everything for this uh, this week. And stay tuned for the next podcast. We will speak to you soon. Bye. Bye. Bye.